Welcome to the Go Home Show, Episode 5. I'm your host, Jeremy Timmerman. Uh, Thanks for listening in with us. Hopefully, you're listening on iTunes. A little bit of a weird week for this show. Uh, Most weeks of this show, there's been some sort of major event, either that has just happened or that is on the horizon. And we're a few weeks out, almost a month out to the day from Money in the Bank. And, And so... Uh, first off, I just want to just give some kudos to Seth Rollins. Um, touched on this a little bit last week, and then he went out on Monday and, and tried to one-up himself. His match with Kevin Owens on Monday is, I mean, it was just, just phenomenal. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know that there's anybody else in the wrestling world that's, that's and I'm not saying Seth Rollins is definitely the best in the world over the AJ Styles, Kevin or uh, Kenny Omega. Uh, I know people like Okada. I'm I'm partial to Ibushi. Um, he would be well over Okada in my opinion. But Seth Rollins is there's not a wrestler in the world that's hotter right now. That that's just putting out better wrestling that's also better received than Seth Rollins. The crowd is behind him 100%. Uh, the crowd is electric for every one of his matches. For something that I think a lot of us were kind of, you know, a- as disappointed as one can be about adding a three-word lyric to a theme song, the, the reaction wasn't overall positive when they added the Burn It Down to, to Seth's theme song. But the crowd has embraced it, and it makes for one of the greatest entrances that WWE has going right now. The crowd hears the music, they get a little hype, but that burn it down is so loud. Uh, it, I think they were in Newark, New Jersey, for uh, Backlash. And the reaction when he came out at Backlash was incredible. Um, so... Seth Rollins, beyond the fan reaction, Seth Rollins is just doing such great work in the ring, and he's elevating the people that he's working with. Now, I'm not insulting The Miz or Kevin Owens by saying that that Seth Rollins is elevating them, but, but the work those guys are doing together is such that I feel better about The Miz as a wrestler after his match with Seth Rollins than I did before. And The Miz lost. Same thing with Kevin Owens. I feel better about him after that match than I did before. Now, it's one thing when you've got a guy like Mojo Rawley that, you know, Seth probably got the best match out of Mojo Rawley that's ever been gotten. Or when John Cena would do that with with guys like Neville that we hadn't really seen a lot from yet in the WWE. Um, there were other people that Sami Zayn, you know, we knew Sami Zayn was good, but we hadn't seen him on the main roster yet. These are guys in um, The Miz and Kevin Owens that are well-respected as main roster performers, and yet they're boosting their own perception with losses to Seth Rollins. That's how good Seth Rollins is, is is rolling right now. That's how great his work is right now. And he just looks like every move 
there was a stretch there where Seth had fallen in, and a lot of WWE performers fall into this because these guys are wrestling. You know, the guys on that are on Raw are wrestling two or three house shows a week, plus Raw, plus a pay-per-view a month. Same thing with SmackDown. They're wrestling the nights. Sometimes they're wrestling on Monday night and then wrestling on Tuesday night because they might have a house show or, pardon me, a live event on Monday night while Raw is going on, which, by the way, that's one of the dumbest concepts in the world. Uh, there's no reason. I mean, I know it's a, it's a small effect on your your market, but it's just so silly. Anyway, um, he's got to work in three or four matches a week, sometimes against the same opponents. So you see this a lot with WWE performers where they'll slip into this these patterns where even the best, even guys like AJ Styles and Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan, they slip into a pattern to where you know what's coming. Well, we've had the commercial break. Seth's about to go. He's going to hit the sling blade, and then he's going to set up for the blockbuster. Uh, then he's going to go, and he's going to do that that cool uh, suplex transition that he does. Going to do the low kicks, and then he's going to stomp. That's what he's going to do. Um and he does, and they tend to slip. The worst part is not just when they slip into the pattern, but when they get to the point that John Cena, for all the good that John Cena has done, and I respect John Cena a lot, but one of the problems with John Cena is he does his moves as though it's a dance. I've said before that this is the problem I have with, and me comparing John Cena to Ring of Honor is going to make you like make your head split, but some of the stuff that I don't like about Cena is some of the same stuff that I don't prefer about Ring of Honor is they get so into their getting getting their shit in, as uh, some of the guys in the business would say. Uh, JR, Jim Ross, talks about it a lot. They get so focused on that that it becomes a dance. It becomes a choreography piece. It, you, you start to see where uh, Ring of Honor, Jay Lethal, a lot of people's favorite. I like Jay Lethal as a personality. In the ring, sometimes he tends to look very choreographed because... Some of his moves and some of the, the sequences that they try to do, when especially when he's in the ring with uh, one of his fellow high-end competitors, is they try to do so many complex sequences that it requires a very choreographed look. Cena gets into this, where his moves don't even make sense anymore. We've all made fun of the punch over the head that sets up the, the backdrop thingy that sets up the uh, you can't see me or the five-knuckle five shuffle. Like We've all picked on that. But Seth was getting to that point where some of his moves were just so choreographed. But in the last few weeks to probably few months, he's really gotten to where he's putting his everything into these moves. He did a, I think it was a frog splash. I think it was in the match against Miz where it just looked like he was trying to jump just as high as he possibly could off that top turnbuckle. And <clears throat> it really adds to the match now that he's he's kind of in that zone where he's just every move he's just doing it as hard and as realistic and he's putting so much into the match that I mean he's my favorite I haven't had a favorite wrestler in years I like Roman Reigns uh he if you ask me who my favorite wrestler was for a stretch there I would say Roman Reigns Bray Wyatt I like Bray Wyatt um I like Dean Ambrose um I like Braun Strowman but Seth Rollins he's probably my first favorite wrestler in at least since I started watching again a few years ago. But I just, every time he's in the ring, I want to watch. And, and I want him to be world champion again, universal champion. 
So, if I was in the WWE listening to the reaction he's getting and watching the matches he's putting on, I would want to get that Universal title on him as fast as I can. Forget what you have planned with Roman. Possibly even forget what you have planned with Braun Strowman. Forget what you have planned with the money in the bank. Uh, Put all that on hold. Put the Universal Championship on Seth Rollins right friggin' now. Now that you've botched Roman Reigns' booking from through WrestleMania and the Greatest Royal Rumble to now, now that you've screwed that up, put the Universal Championship on Seth Rollins. Make him a double champion. I said last week that would be a cool bit of storytelling he could do, that he wanted to be dual champion again, but this time he wanted to do it not as a member of the authority, not as somebody who had the belts handed to him, but as somebody who went in there and won. Uh, Do that. Make that um, kind of the capstone to his story that we started when he returned from his injuries last year or the year before, whenever this was, when he started talking about wanting to be a different... It was two years ago. Whenever he started talking about wanting to be a new man and and prove that he was the man, and he, now he's got this Monday Night Rollins kick. Just make him dual champion. And you know what? If that means that you that you kind of pull a UFC a little bit and you go ahead and you, you let him... Uh, let's say it's SummerSlam. You let him defend his Intercontinental Championship successfully, and then you let him beat Lesnar for the Universal Championship and he's dual champion, even if two weeks later or the next week, that next night on Raw, you tell him, you know, we're, we're proud of what you did, but we really want uh, to use these championships to, we want these championships to accentuate how great our roster is. So what we need to do is we need you to focus on the Universal Championship, and we need to have you vacate that Intercontinental Championship. And you can make that moment important. You can make that moment such a big deal that whoever wins that Intercontinental Championship, even without beating Seth Rollins, um, if you do it right, if you if you put it on a face, um, or just anybody, that this would have some weight to it. You could even have Seth Rollins present that belt to that person as almost a passing of the torch. Like, I took this for Miz, who had made this belt huge, I defended it week after week. I never lost it. Now you continue that. That could be such a heavy, powerful, just what a huge rub that could be. Um, that I, that's, that, that's probably the way I would book it, of all the options that are, that are left to us right now. Now, yeah, Braun Strowman beating Brock Lesnar, that's also a no-brainer. That's a thing that you can do any old time you want. And it's fine. And I would love that too. But, man, Seth is just so on top of his game right now. It'd be hard for me not to pull the trigger on that. So, now that I've waxed poetic for like 12 minutes about Seth Rollins, I know you guys didn't expect that today. Um, move on a little bit to what they've set up with Money in the Bank. Um, they've done a good job, I think, of going ahead and setting up the men's match. Right now, we've got, see if I can remember them. We've got Rusev, Kevin Owens, Bobby Roode, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor. Man, I knew I was going to, The Miz. One member of the New Day, because they beat the bar. 
uh, Tuesday night on SmackDown, and now one member gets in, and then the winner, Samoa Joe and Big Cass. I'm hoping that's Samoa Joe. Um, I feel like it needs to be Samoa Joe. I don't think you can have Big Cass kind of getting embarrassed by Daniel Bryan and then him beat Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe, not that Cass doesn't need the win. I think Samoa Joe needs it more. Uh, you can't. He just can't continue to lose matches and then come out as this bully in the yard because he's not if he if he can't beat people. So I think he needs to beat Big Cass. So I would go ahead and put Samoa Joe in there. I like that group. I don't think there's a wrong answer in that group. I don't. I've said in the in our Facebook group, Top Rope, um, that I I don't see Finn as necessarily a a briefcase guy. I think to me, if I'm booking it, there are just certain personality types that I like with the briefcase. Uh, I think the Miz is a great choice. I think he would be a no-brainer choice if he had never won it before. Um, I think the fact that he's won it before, and, and that's kind of a thing that, that not a lot of people repeat, I, that's the only thing that gives me pause. But I think he's the obvious choice, and it's kind of a reward for what he's done. I think the Miz, more than anybody else, can make that Money in the Bank briefcase feel important. He can make it feel like this briefcase is the WWE Championship, or in this case, probably the Universal Championship. Wait, no, he's on SmackDown. This case is my WWE Championship, and I'm going to win it. Um, so, uh, The Miz, obviously, if you want to capitalize on people that are on somebody who's just red hot, uh, you could go with Rusev and kind of kickstart what the push that a lot of people have been clamoring for, even before the Rusev Day shtick. A lot of people have been clamoring for Rusev to, uh, to, to have that opportunity to be a WWE world champion either you know on either show um Braun Strowman you could go that route I just I just don't know why you would um Braun we've already established in the story that Braun Strowman anytime he gets a crack at Brock Lesnar he can beat him he's the greatest Royal Rumble champion so you've got the mechanism for him to say look when you win the Royal Rumble, you get a world title match. I won the greatest Royal Rumble. I want my title match. And there it is. Title match. And he wins. If you want Braun... I feel like if I'm a writer, I put the... And that's similar with Finn. If I'm in the creative room, I'm going to put the briefcase on somebody that... Maybe I want to pull the trigger on, but I know they're a few steps away from the title. Um, so maybe a Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is another one that I think would be really good for this briefcase that can just kind of, as the guy who just kind of sticks it to management, that every show I've been on, I've had trouble with management. My bosses don't like me. My bosses don't believe in me. Well, guess what? You're going to have to deal with me because I've got this briefcase. As for the New Day, um, you know, Bobby Roode, he's a fine choice. I think they need to heel turn him before they push him. I understand why they started him as a face on the main roster, but I still think like a lot of people do, I'm not alone in this by any stretch, that Bobby Roode is best served as a heel. 
So before they turn him, before they, they pull that trigger, they need to turn him. Um, as for which member of the New Day that I would put in the match, the, the, the New Day guys have talked about, I know out of character, or maybe in character, but outside of WWE television, so it's kind of that middle ground where uh, it's Xavier Woods in an interview, but it's Xavier Woods in an interview at a comic convention, so it's not really within the storyline. Um... I know they've said it in those type of settings. I don't know if they've said it in character, though, or in the, on TV, that they want Kofi to be a world champion. That that's a team goal they have. So you could obviously put Kofi. Plus, that's the kind of match that, with all those bigger dudes in the match, uh, Braun Strowman, chief among them, but also Kevin Owens, either Samoa Joe or Big Cass, Rusev, uh, with so and, and even the Miz, he's not a big guy, but he's also not a high flyer. Kofi could make a ton of sense as the guy the New Day puts him. But I mean, obviously, we all know that of that trio, Biggie is the one with the biggest, the highest ceiling as a singles competitor. So any old time they want to, and now would be as good a time as any to have Big E win that world title, win that Money in the Bank briefcase, and then have the three of them working together to find him an opportunity to cash in. I like that. Um, I, I don't know that I would definitely go that route um, as far as Big E winning the briefcase. So, And, and it may be that if Big E's not going to win the briefcase, that you give Kofi the opportunity, and then maybe... That's the story, is that Kofi gets that opportunity, and then the next time they have a chance to get somebody kind of a singles title of some sort, Big E kind of says, look guys, I want this to be my turn. Um, And that's a way that you can establish their individual characters and their individual goals without the breakup. Um, So that's kind of my... Right now... I really don't know who I would put the briefcase on. I see reasons for all of them, and that's that's a good thing. Uh, Samoa Joe, I think, being a bully with that briefcase, just kind of taunting whoever the champion is, like, huh, I'm not going to cash in right now because now is not the right time. Samoa Joe would be perfect as the heel to manage that approach without coming off like, I don't think I can cash in right now. Um, because they've tried that with other heels, and it comes off like the heel's a chicken. Samoa Joe, I think, could manage that angle and come off still looking strong. Um, so that's the men's side. The women's side, and, and I said I like that they've kind of established the men's side almost completely, because this gives the next few weeks, not that the men are going to disappear, they'll still do their tag team matches and their, uh, triple threat matches and their four versus heel versus face matches and things like that. It's going to be a little more interesting because the guys are on split shows, so they won't be able to do the full on four versus four, three versus three, but they'll do some stuff. Um, The women's side is a little bit less decided. Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Ember Moon. Uh, We've already heard that Billy Kay and Lana are going to have a match on, on Tuesday. I assume... Lana wins that for the because they've already talked about her and Rusev. Like they they're gonna want 
that easy promo every week of having Rusev and Lana talk about being the first Mr. and Mrs. Money in the Bank. They've already tweeted about it. Um, I feel like they won't pass up on that opportunity to have them be, um, have them do that promo every week. But they could easily go Billy Kay and then have Peyton Royce somehow get in and do both of the Iconics. Um, there's so many options. I assume Sasha Banks gets a spot. Maybe Bailey. Um, Natalia probably not. She's probably going to be working with Ronda. Although there's always the possibility that Natalia gets in. Natalia wins the briefcase. Natalia tries to cash in during... Yep, that might be what they do. Natty, Natty may actually get in the Money in the Bank ladder match. This is just kind of me spitballing a little bit. Win the briefcase. Attempt to cash in during the Rousey Nia Jax match at Money in the Bank. Doesn't cash in, but she ruins the match. Nia beats Rousey, and that's how we get Natty versus Rousey. That's that's potential. Um, I don't know that that's going to happen, but that that's just I could see that. Um, of the girls that are in right now, again, Charlotte is kind of in the Finn Balor mold, the Braun Strowman, where Charlotte doesn't need the Money in the Bank briefcase. She could just walk out and say, I want a title match. She's better than anyone on the roster. She did lose clean to Carmella, but I don't think... it's She's such a believable winner that I don't know that she needs the briefcase, so I don't think they'll put it on her. Right now, Ember Moon's kind of new. Alexa, she's had a great run, but she's been at the top of the card so much since she came up that I think it's a good idea to kind of cool her down a little bit. Um, Ember just got there and I don't, I don't know that the smart thing to do is to put such a singular responsibility on her. Carmella thrived with it. Maybe Ember would too, of putting that briefcase on her and you just got to carry it. You've got to have the personality and the, the ability to just carry that briefcase. Um, right now, so I think of the four that are in so far, I think I like Becky the best to, to, to be the one that wins it because I think it would be a good kind of kind of thank you to her for how much she's carried that SmackDown women's division before Charlotte moved over there. But, you know, to kind of help establish Alexa, um, helped establish Naomi before Asuka came in. I mean, she, Becky was the backbone of that division for, for a good little bit there. So, but I, I, I would be more leaning towards somebody like Sasha or a Bailey. So that's just kind of where I'm thinking right now with Money in the Bank. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes. And we'll see you guys next week.